Good morning. Okay. Let's talk about relationships today and specifically boundaries and setting boundaries in those relationships. So relationships and the various social roles that we have are basic human needs, right? Relationships can be a wonderful place of growth and of um, support and just, just really wonderful parts of life. And as sensitive, deep feeling people, oftentimes we let these relationships be a place where our boundaries are crossed, where we find ourselves overgiving and trying to please everybody. And so then they turn into places of resentment and just feeling super depleted. So today we're going to talk about my favorite way of setting boundaries. It's a sweet little five-step process that I share with my clients inside of the Inner Spark Method. And I'm going to share it with you today. So let's get into it. I am Devin, and this is Wednesday Wisdom with me, Devin. I am an integrative health expert, an Ayurvedic health advisor, and a holistic life coach. And I'm also the founder of the Inner Spark Method. And I specialize in coaching and teaching and empowering sensitive, deep feeling women to really embrace and safeguard and lead with the gifts of their high sensitivity. And we do this by supporting them to overcome the shame and resentment that they often hold toward themselves and their sensitivity, and also learning to create a daily foundation of self-care that is aligned with nature's rhythms. And so through a blend of holistic health expertise, Ayurvedic principles, and exquisite coaching, my signature program, The Inner Spark Method, offers strategies to transform overwhelm, anxiety, burnout, and poor health to help highly sensitive women thrive in body, mind, and spirit for life, for life. So relationships are one of the five elements that I teach in the five elements framework. They're one of the five basic um, parts of our lives that are really meant to be places of support and celebration, inspiration, education, growth, and so most sensitive people in my experience are either putting way too much into unhealthy relationships and social roles, or they're hiding from meaningful relationships and social roles because of that fear of being seen, especially being seen in their sensitivity. So tell me where you kind of put yourself in these two categories. Maybe it's a little bit of both, right? Depending on the situation, maybe sometimes like you stay in these unhealthy, unsupportive relationships because they might feel safe and familiar. And then you probably also find yourself at the same time hiding out from ones that would be more supportive. And maybe it's it's also just hiding yourself, right? Maybe like you recognized some safer, more supportive places and spaces, and there's still that fear and that shame and that resentment towards really showing up as yourself in those places. When we're ashamed of ourselves or feeling resentful about our sensitivity, we, we hide the real us and we hide our genuine needs and we then let our boundaries be overstepped. We feel that we won't be met or respected or understood in our boundaries if we really show up as who we are and that it's just easier to keep quiet and not rock the boat 
right? I have definitely, definitely felt that way and, and, and chose, chosen those, those stories and those ways of being. So people pleasing and boundary setting. I often feel like we kind of label these as like separate, right? Like, oh, I'm a people pleaser. Oh, it's really hard for me to set boundaries. And I invite you to start thinking about like, they're actually just, just the same thing. It's the same thing. We're calling it something differently. So people pleasing is a form of boundary setting as in you're not setting them. And then feeling like you have trouble setting boundaries is a form of people pleasing because you want to please the people around you by not having your own boundaries. So people pleasing is a form of, of not setting boundaries. It is, it is related and trouble setting boundaries is a form of people pleasing. It's the same, the same thing. So let's talk about how to, how to do this, right? What is your biggest fear, your biggest concern or challenge? Tell me right now <laughs> when it comes to setting boundaries, is it that you won't be liked? Is it that you're going to upset the other person? Like what, what is it when you really just like lean into the, the discomfort, right? So we, we have that kind of initial, like, oh, something's not feeling good. I wish it could be different. I don't want to actually do this thing for this person that I said I would, or I don't actually want to go to that event, or I don't want to take on this extra responsibility. My plate's already really full. You know, I, I wish that my partner would turn the television off. I'm, I'm feeling super sensed out for the day. I don't need any more stimulation and I'm afraid of, you know, whatever. So like, what happens when you have that initial kind of like, ugh, I like, ugh, right? I want something differently, ugh. And then we, most of us stop right there. The fear sets in and we stop right there at the ugh. And we don't actually investigate and take it a step further by actually really looking at what am I afraid of? What am I afraid will happen? And then how might I actually go about expressing myself and getting this need met and getting something differently out of the situation? So that's what this, this process I'm going to share with you goes through. Because before, before we get into that, just another little reminder, you're allowed to have boundaries. They are necessary. They are healthy. It is fantastic that you are not like everyone else and that everyone else is not like you right? Something else I hear all the time from my clients is like, why can't I just be like a normal person? And they're perceiving, you know, a normal person as, as the people around them who aren't necessarily highly sensitive and are able to do the things that my highly sensitive clients really just like, like can't do. It causes them like visceral, physical discomfort, right? It's like harmful and toxic. For example, like having the TV on all the time, having sound on all the time, staying up really late into the night, right? Eating, eating certain, um, you know, normal standard American diet foods that just don't settle in their system because their sensitive systems are like, I want real food. I don't want this crap. Right. And so when we can let go of the whole, like trying to be normal thing, and really just honor and accept ourselves as we are, and then recognize that we are allowed to set any boundary 
You can have any boundary. You are allowed. Boundaries help you to really experience life in a way that is meaningful and supportive and nourishing and uplifting and health giving to you. Right? That's what this is about. And they can be flexible. And as you learn more about yourself, your boundaries might change. They're really wonderful, wonderful tools and help you to know yourself more deeply and to live in a way that really honors your inner spark. I call it your, your own deep, innate guiding principle. Okay. So let's get into the five-step process. That's why we're all here today. For starters, and this is the most important of, of all the steps, right? This is like, keep this going forevermore, whether it's for boundary setting or not. The first step is to know yourself, know your values and, and know your boundaries. It's important to identify your own personal boundaries, right? What are your needs? What are your non-negotiables? What are your values? And at the intersection of those, those things, right? Your needs, your non-negotiables, your values, that's where you can start to set your boundaries. What are your limits? Do you have a, a peopling limit, a social battery, right? A social battery time limit, a peopling limit, I like to call it, right? Honor it. It's not worth going over. It's not worth pushing yourself because then what are, what are the, the consequences, right? I talk a lot about cause and effect in my program. If this, then this. Is it worth the negative result that will happen if you overstep these boundaries. And most likely it's not, it's not. If things like burnout and anxiety and health problems are a just kind of normal part of your life at this point, your boundaries are not working. They're probably non-existent. So take time to know yourself, know your values, and then know what those boundaries are right? It's this beautiful inner work, this invitation to get to know yourself and to create a lifestyle, a life that supports that to the best of your ability. Because there's always going to be things kind of outside of our influence, right? And we influence the things that we can. The second step is to identify the source of discomfort. So that thing that's like, ugh, right? What is that? Ugh. Identify the source of discomfort and the, the value or the boundary that's being compromised. And values and boundaries to me go hand in hand. They're the same thing. If I know what my values are, I know what my boundaries are. Knowing myself and knowing my values helps me to set those boundaries. I know what's important to me. I know what I need. I know what I'm a stand for in the greater world and in myself, right? So know those things, identify the source of the ugh, and the value or the boundary being compromised. Maybe you value not feeling like crap, <laughs> beautiful value. And so the boundary from that is going to be, you know, I, I prioritize sleep. I prioritize having a plate, you know, that only has what it needs. I don't take on extra things. And so when somebody comes along and asks for yet another thing, you get to say, you know what? No, I'm, I'm unable to do that right now. Thank you. Number three is decide what your ideal outcome would be and what that outcome requires. So in the situation that's, ugh, what is your ideal outcome? And what does that ideal outcome require? 
Is it changing your schedule? Is it asking for somebody to, um, you know, the, the example with, with the partner in the television, that's fresh on my mind. Cause I was just talking about it with a client, maybe asking if they can watch TV with headphones on, right? Like what, what is an ideal outcome and what does that outcome require? Four, prepare to discuss the boundary with the other person or people and have some idea of how flexible you're willing to be in your boundary. If at all, if at all, these are your boundaries. You get to you get to decide how flexible you get to decide if something is super non-negotiable. You get to kind of decide how, how, uh, where, where your, your negotiating spectrum is with this boundary. So you have, you know, yourself and your values and your boundaries. You've identified a source of, ugh, of discomfort and the value or boundary being compromised. You are then deciding what the ideal outcome would be and what that outcome requires. And now you are preparing to discuss this boundary with the other person or people. And, and you have an idea of how, how flexible you're, you're going to be, if at all. And then finally, you go, you go have this conversation, right? And I know for so many, that is like the hardest, scariest part. Yeah. So having this conversation, expressing the boundary and, and a beautiful thing that I really love to add to this process is like inviting dialogue with the other person. Most sensitive people are like, I don't want to be mean. I don't want to, you're not being mean, especially when you are inviting dialogue with the other person. So expressing that boundary assertively, right? Like this is important to me. Less is always more, right? No need, no need to launch into this like over explaining justification, long, long, long thing, right? It's like, this is what's going on. This is not working for me. And I would really love if we could do this instead. What are your thoughts? How does this land with you, other person? And by inviting that dialogue, you're doing a couple of really beautiful things. First of all, you're like coming into the shared humanity, which is like, I'm sorry, the greatest medicine and antidote for everything, right? Like we are all just trying the best we can. We are all here together. We are all just trying to make it. And beneath all of our quirks and our facades and our trauma responses and our defensiveness and our mechanisms and our things are just people, right? Just these, these, I, I always honestly think of us all as like little kids in adult bodies, just walking around each other, just trying to do the best we can. So you're inviting this dialogue. You're having this, this moment of a little bit of vulnerability in a very loving and assertive way from you, because you have spent time knowing yourself, recognizing the, ugh, and, and recognizing what you actually need instead, not stopping at the, ugh, like we all do most of the time as sensitive people and just kind of like letting it slide. Cause we don't want to ruffle the feathers, right? Like you're going, you're going for it and you're showing up, you're having this assertive, kind conversation and inviting dialogue with the other person inviting their thoughts, having this shared humanity, this shared experience. And that's honestly where like, that's, that's the coolest, most fun part of the, of the process. So that's it. That's it. I would love to hear how this process goes for you.
I'd love to hear more about how setting boundaries is for you, what your biggest challenges with setting boundaries is, what you have learned about yourself as you have set them throughout the years. Maybe you've like never set them and that's cool too. Just where are you? Let's, let's talk about this. It's such a rich, multi-layered conversation. But keep that five-step process in mind, especially that, that first step, continuing to know yourself, getting really clear and curious about your values and about your own needs and your own boundaries. And when you feel that, ugh, which is going to show up differently for all of us, right? It's going to live in the body, that kind of nudge, that flash of like, ugh, uh-uh, something doesn't feel good here lean into it because it will guide you to the thing that will feel good. Yeah. Okay. So share with me, like I said, you are so capable of creating relationships that nourish you, where you are free to be yourself and where your sensitivity is respected and celebrated. But that starts with you first and the relationship within yourself with yourself first. Okay. So that's what I got. Like I said, all of this and more is what we cover in my program, the inner spark method. It's a proven holistic trauma-informed self-care system that teaches sensitive deep feelers how to embrace and safeguard and lead with the gifts of their sensitivity to confidently and joyfully thrive in body, mind, and spirit for life. Sensitivity without shame. It's wonderful love to have you. You can learn more at theinnersparkmethod.com and reach out to me to discuss more. And that's it. I will see you next time. Thank you for being here.